Welcome to Criminality, the podcast we started because loving reality TV isn't a crime. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Oh, I'm alive. I'm so yeah. happy to be recording with you. Yeah, um, it's been a little longer than it usually is. It's been a while. Yeah, so I'm good, but uh, last week, not so much. We had to take a little yeah. time off. You had some internet issues. I had some COVID issues, um, but happy to report I'm, I'm recovering well. Yeah, not tired at all. Oh no, I'm not exhausted. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like as white as this sweatshirt I'm wearing. I'm always pretty white, extra white today. I do see tape covering or holding up your eyebrows to keep <laughs> yeah. your eyelids open. Not sure if that was a personal choice or. <laughs> I just really thought it would be disrespectful to fall asleep while recording. With <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, nothing super exciting, which is good to me. But you, you on the other hand, were at CrimeCon. How was CrimeCon? I was. It was really fun. I do think it might be just maybe how I picked up COVID because there Possibly. were 6,000 people at the uh, Paris Hotel. But um, I have to say it was really great this year. It was a huge turnout and great to reunite with podcasting friends. Great to meet dialogue listeners. And I, I want to say a shout out to Susan, who came up to our table, who is a listener of this podcast, Criminality. Yay. And we got a picture with her and she's a big Moms and Murder fan too. So it was very fun and very sweet to meet her. But really it was just all around great. Uh, Might've gotten a kiss from Paul Holes on stage. I've seen that video yeah, several times. <laughs> exactly. Go to my TikTok and my Instagram. You can see it too. But no, there were some big highlights. It was super fun. I worked a lot, but um, I had a good time, but I came home and I pretty much within a day got sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you were like, my throat's burning. Maybe it's from being outside in Vegas. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I've heard that, but maybe. <laughs> well, that and like there's people smoke. It's like fine to smoke indoors in Las Vegas. And I am not oh, used to that. Oh, I didn't know that. So the the casino is just full of smoke and that's where like the restaurants and the lobby is. So I just assumed it was from oh. smoke. And then like when it just wasn't going away and it became hard to breathe and I couldn't smell, I'm like, hmm, or maybe <laughs> <laughs> there's another option. Yes. But yeah, I'm very grateful that I'm, that I'm totally fine going to be just a okay. And I'm happy to be home. Um, yeah. I also, I did get a quick minute at Vanderpump's new restaurant in Vegas. Mm. So that was fun. We popped in for a quick drink and we wanted food, but the kitchen was closed. I went with uh, Jamie from Murderish Podcast yes. and Shiloh from LA Not So Confidential. So that was fun and weird. Yeah. It's an optical so illusion, weird. that place. Yeah. There's a lot of, how much pink was there? It seemed to be more purple. Was that one more purple? The lighting was moody and yeah, it was like a little on like the dark, it was like a glamorous dungeon. It was like definitely Glamorous more in the dungeon. yeah like when you were out of the restaurant looking in it looked so pretty when you were mm -hmm. in it didn't look as pretty so it was like very much like smoke and mirrors like come in it's so pretty and then you're there you're like meh it was weird yeah um, and also just smoke because of where you were <laughs> just it might have been a haze of actual nicotine <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it was really fun and I don't need to leave my house for, well, I can't for a very long time. Yeah, true. <laughs> that works. Yeah. I'm glad you had fun though. And I'm glad thanks. I love seeing your pictures and yeah. all the activities. You're like the queen of crime con. I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, sure. I love it because I'm not you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's all fun and games till, uh, you know, 
two days later. And truly, though, happy to be back. Excited yeah. to share today's story with you. If you want to, I don't know, start. Let's do it. Okay. Now, it has been several weeks because we skipped a week and we're already like every two weeks since I gave the clues for this story. So I think we should just review those. Yes. Uh, we've got models. There's a few of them in this story, but primarily we're going to focus on one, a Ms. Yolanda Hadid Foster. But her daughters, Gigi and Bella, of course, will make appearances and they are all models. We had the second clue of music. There is a good amount of music because we have David Foster, who, do I need to David introduce Foster. him? 16 time Grammy award winning music producer. And most recently in her life, Zayn Malik, the former One Direction singer slash artist, former boyfriend of Gigi, current co-parent to their daughter, Kai. And the third clue was Malibu, which is, of course, where Yolanda lived during her tenure on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it's funny, I haven't titled this episode yet, but I could, as I wrote it, I thought of three more clues and they're all still with M's. It could be marriages, medical, and motherhood. But let me continue. So today's story is a little different from ones I've done in the past. There are a couple of crimes, but there's more like puzzling stories. You might say it's a little bit of a mystery. Another M. Oh my gosh. Mm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to need to be a disclaimer on this episode. Like Rebecca has foggy. I think the beginning of you brain. announcing that you had COVID, <laughs> I think people got it. <laughs> okay, cool. So Yolanda Hadid to me is one of these people whose life is pretty A-list, even without her Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fame. She seemed destined to live in this upper stratosphere of life regardless. So, you know, her accent, her style, her refrigerator, you know about her refrigerator, right? It's yeah, got its and own social lemons. media following. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah, at Yolanda's Fridge. On Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Yes, you have to look at it. I think there's I'm like excited. a combined 20,000 followers between the two. Oh my gosh. But these marks of wealth were not always part of Yolanda's life. Yolanda was born Yolanda von, oh, I didn't practice this, von den Herrick. Von den Herrick. Von den Herrick. I don't I know. You have to do a, a <laughs> Probably. And um, yeah. stuff might come flying out if I yeah, do yeah. that. So not, not going today. to. Uh, and she was born in Holland in 1964. Her dad died in an accident when she was just seven years old. And this really was a turning point for Yolanda. I think she's probably talked about it on the show and she's certainly talked about it publicly where she feels this pressure and responsibility to help her mother care for the family. And she just develops a very strong work ethic, which I think was already present in her family, but it just amplifies right. this. They weren't poor, but they definitely were not rich. They were like working class comfortable, but she always had a taste for the finer things in life. And you could say extravagant things. She wanted a pony when she was a teenager and it was not something her family could afford, but she worked enough hours in a Chinese food restaurant to pay for and care for one herself. That's so amazing. It is amazing because we all wanted ponies. We did not all get them. Yeah. Oh, go and work. It, oh, yeah. Forget it. Exactly. <laughs> I'll watch my little pony things. <laughs> Precisely. So this is, of course, where her love of horses and riding begins, and she always wanted wealth, and she ended up becoming like a hair and makeup person in the fashion industry. It's here that she was actually discovered by a model scout during a Dutch designer fashion show. Basically, one of the models, something happened, and he needed a stand-in, and 
beautiful Yolanda was there just doing hair yeah. and they were like, you go in. And as they say, the rest was history. I mean, Eileen Ford signed a contract with her shortly after. So she became a Ford model. And look, she's not the first and will not be the last to tell you just how hard modeling is. <laughs> but I'm sorry if you're qualified to be a model, like you're among the lucky ones. I'm not saying it's not hard work, but like just to be kind of plucked and chosen and put into that yeah. world is like a pretty lucky thing. So she starts traveling the world. She's doing runway shows, magazine shoots, and she made a complete career out of modeling in the 80s and 90s. And her whole goal was just to make enough money for herself to be financially independent and to take care of her mom and brother. At age 21, she did something really smart that I think most 21-year-olds who come into a ton of money don't do. And she bought a condo in LA and she sold it many, many years later for a ton of money. There's no listing, there's no details on like what she right. paid and what she got, but presumably this was a great investment. Her current net worth is $45 million. So we're going to explore also how her marriages, at least financially speaking, also helped build on her very strong financial foundation, which I do not want to take away from her was absolutely sure. hers. So she decides after 15 years of modeling that she wants to get married and start a family. She meets and marries real estate developer, Mohammed Hadid. And we all know Muhammad from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And of course, he is a good friend of Lisa and Ken Vanderpump. And together, they have three children, all supermodels in the making, Gigi, Bella, and even Anwar, which that could be is a title. Is he a supermodel? In a, he's a model. In the making? Oh, is I don't he? know okay. if he's a supermodel, but she eventually also manages to get him into modeling. Okay. Well, that, that tracks. Yeah. It's a little bit of a controversy. We'll talk about it. When we meet Yolanda on The Real Housewives, she's divorced from Muhammad, but they're friendly, co-parenting. And we also know he's good friends with Lisa, as I mentioned. So right. he's like in the mix, like yeah. not right in the mix, but you know, he's there. We're going to hear more about Muhammad in a minute, but let's talk about the Yolanda we meet on The Real Housewives. Melissa, I'd love to know what was your first impression of her on The Real Housewives? And then what's your, what do you think of now when you think of Yolanda? So I, I remember her coming on, but I don't remember her coming on. Do you know what I mean? Like I totally. remember her being there, but I don't remember a big to do like when Denise was introduced or something. Right. I thought she was adorable. She seemed very more casual than the other women in the sense that like she would wear joggers and a t-shirt and she just jeans. was effortlessly yes. adorable, right? Just beautiful. Everything about her. Currently, I don't really know that I have an opinion. The most lasting impression to me of Yolanda is the last scene when she was on there and she and David were separated and she's in that like cryo chamber uh -huh. and they like zoom out and you just see her looking like she's, what is her name? Veronica or Veruca from um, <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate, from Charlie Factory. The Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Yes, and, yes. and you're just like, oh my gosh. And so that's my, that's my permanent um that's where I, can, I think she's in there right now. I don't know if anybody <laughs> ever let her out. Has anyone checked on Yolanda? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that's that's so that's so true. She was so casual. There was like an effortless chicness to her. I feel like yeah. we've, we use these words with one of our other. We were talking about like a Ralph Lauren model. Maybe and she's got that same vibe. Um, lots of white jeans and like simple cashmere sweaters, you know, just always looking super chic. And you mentioned earlier the lemons. She's like. She had this like very um, 
uh, what's the word, like alluring life, like this beautiful house in Malibu. And she would just go and pick her own lemons and make lemonade, like literally. But you know, it, she didn't add sugar to it. So it, was it even that just, good? It was just lemon. No, juice. it was a cleanse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> lemonade. My bad. Yes. And we, what we also learn about Yolanda is that she really loves and values her role as a mother. Some might say she's maybe just a tad controlling in that role and obsessed with making her kids famous, whether it's telling Gigi to eat a couple of almonds when she's hungry and it's yep. just slowly. Mm-hmm. So really savor those almonds. You know, if you like linger long enough, you just won't even notice there's only two. <laughs> if you can keep some chunks in your teeth you <laughs> for <can> later, <laughs> later, like a chipmunk. <laughs> Or flying to New York when Gigi gets her own apartment and gets her this luxury doorman building and she brings those art tiles that she had everybody personally and lovingly make for Gigi's new apartment the sa- mm. in the same style as they had done in their house. It's like a lot. It's like, it's a lovely sentiment, but when you're driving it so hard, it kind of can feel just like a touch overbearing. Right. Like a, this is a piece of me. But it's yeah. like Paul's mom giving a chunk of her hair. This is the, <laughs> this is the Beverly Hills version of that. <laughs> it is exactly the perfect analogy. And it's like, I'm going to fly across the country and hang these up in your new place to ensure that you like love this gift so much that it happens. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. So it's not really clear that her kids want to be models. When we meet them in the show, they're like very happy playing sports and riding horses. Yeah. And they seem like they're cute. They've got good genes and you can see how like with the right hair and makeup and setting, like sure. they, they can glam up and look stunning, but they're just like very normal-ish in the LA sure. context. Average kids. So we're not even sure they have models, but that is very much when it becomes a possibility, something that Yolanda herself really nurtures, fosters, and helps to make happen. Now, we find out in the show, probably I think in the last of her seasons, which is season six, that Bella and Anwar also have Lyme disease. But even though she's saying they're sick, she still supports and encourages their path to modeling regardless of the toll it's taking on their health. Because as we talked about, it is hard work. There are demanding shoot schedules and it's a lot of travel and it's a lot if you're not feeling your best, but more on the Lyme disease in a little bit. I want to pause here to discuss the kid's dad, Muhammad, because he could just be a side character and not a part of the story, but there's a lot of interesting elements to his work as a real estate developer that I just couldn't leave out. So he runs in a very wealthy circle and Yolanda's divorce settlement with Muhammad was impressive. So not that she needed his money, but, but take it if you can get it. <laughs> yes. Now they got married in 1994. They divorced in 2000. And according to the list.com, her settlement was as follows. She got to keep their mansion in Santa Barbara worth $6 million, their Arabian horse, their business Hadid interiors, a Range Rover and Escalade, their Malibu home, and several bank accounts, as if that weren't enough. Just bank accounts. Just Just multiple bank accounts. I love the generality of that. I'd be like, are there any offshore? I'll take them all. (laughs) She also received a one-time payout of $3.6 million in cash and was given $30,000 a month in child support for the three children, $10K apiece, and $10,000 a month in spousal support. One of those things... (laughs) Is more than I could ever dream of if I 
get Thank out of you. this house. But um, <laughs> which I'm not. <laughs> Sound like I was planning a move. But whoa, that's like the most. I'm not gonna call it generous. I don't know what word to use there. But that's like she did. She made very out like well. a bandit. It's yeah. very important our spouses don't listen to this show. We need to see she would this important. never happens because mine might find out that I would leave for so much less happily and quietly. <laughs> so and I don't need him to know that. <laughs> I'd be out of here tonight. Give me one of these bank accounts. Gone. Okay. So as we've expressed, this is a very generous settlement, but Yolanda has this obsession with working really hard and saying she can't retire. And like basically she's just gonna work and work and work until she dies. And that's interesting too. Yeah. So now this payment she gets from Muhammad is until the kids are 21, right? So that's time is ticking because we meet them as teenagers. Right. So Yolanda is obsessed with her kids becoming financially independent at age 21. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I totally think that because that money is going to run out and she's not going to want to like dip in and be able to support them at that same level or want to, that she wants to make sure they're financially independent. Now, most kids that age, like if they're working, they're probably not like owning their own home and like sure. fully able to cover everything in their life. So it's a very high bar that she sets for the kids. No kidding. And so I guess in that sense, I understand the modeling push because you can make a ton of money. I won't add on to that. That is a statement <laughs> <laughs> with an ending. So back to Muhammad. He's a very successful real estate developer. He even outbid Donald Trump on various properties over the years. He bought the Washington, D.C., New York State Ritz-Carlton hotels, all of them, and developed Whoa. new locations of the Ritz all over the country. I know. He's been named in multiple lawsuits going back to the 80s, which is par for the course for someone doing business sure. on this level. You and I both know that. Doesn't raise any major red flags. But I do also wonder if in addition to her kids turning 21 and aging out of that alimony and child support, did she also know what was on the horizon for Muhammad? Because as of November 2019, Muhammad claimed he doesn't have $500,000 to his name to tear down a property that city officials have ruled he has to demolish. What in the world happened? The yeah. long and short of it is that back in 2011, Muhammad bought a piece of property for $1.9 million on a hilltop plot of land in Bel Air. It's called Strata Vecchia Road. So for anybody who doesn't know, Bel Air, you've probably heard of, is an even- the Prince of. <laughs> exactly. It's a <laughs> tinier, smaller enclave of Beverly Hills, which I don't think I realized that. It's like even oh, more didn't. exclusive than Beverly Hills on paper, I guess. And the neighbors around this property were very concerned that the land could not safely support the plans he had filed. Apparently you have to build these columns like deep into the ground to support a house that's on a hill. Makes sense. Yeah, sounds right to me. And plus they were gonna ruin their views. And I'm sure that it was much more, you know, environmentally and safety motivated, but they also were like, bro's gonna build something huge and we're gonna lose our views. So right. they- you know, filed all these petitions with the city. The city looks into it and says, okay, you can build a house, but it cannot be any bigger than 11,300 square feet, which I hate when people limit me. Right? Like, that. like, don't box me in. Yeah. So, and it cannot be higher than 30 feet, which doesn't sound that high. But I don't know I what know. a house is. I live in an apartment, but I don't know. I feel like ours is 10 feet. I mean, like, I feel like sometimes I have to, okay. I have to, sometimes in certain tiptoe and reach duck. the roof. <laughs> I have to duck. 
Um, well, this couldn't be higher than 30 feet. So it seems like a fair height then. Sure. It's like three one-story houses. Okay. We'll, we'll give them that. And they said no underground space is permitted. So like no basement, no undercar garage or whatever. So it's unclear if Muhammad just defied the court order altogether or wasn't aware of what the builders were doing. But my guess is he very much knew because he told Town and Country Magazine, who interviewed him about this, that Bel Air will fall before this house will. That's a quote. Yikes. Yeah. So a stop order was put on the house. So it was never finished. But what was being constructed was the beginning of a home, a monstrous 30,000 square feet. So nearly three times as big and an alarming 82 feet high. Did he think no one would notice? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty hard to stand on the radar when you're literally creating a monster towering over the whole neighborhood. And there were also several underground spaces constructed, including a 70 seat IMAX theater. So (laughs) Muhammad's neighbors, I know. I love it. They were appalled. And in 2017, they filed personal lawsuits. You know, they were suing him they were suing his construction company. They were about to sue the city. It was getting really ugly. And they demanded that the partially built mansion be raised to the ground, raised R-A-Z-E-D. But then the FBI got involved because the federal government alleges that Muhammad's team bribed a city inspector in order to get certain ordinances passed and cleared. According to an LA Times special investigator, Randolph Osborne, he said that a city probe turned up evidence of possible wrongdoing by the Department of Building and Safety. Osborne, who worked for the personnel department, said there was, quote, not necessarily proof of taking bribes, but receiving items of value. Oh, sounds bribey to me. I know. (laughs) It feels very textbook. Yes. He testified that he had turned over information to the FBI because he believed there was a crime potentially committed. Muhammad, for his part, vehemently denies this. Now back to the $500,000. That's the cost of a down payment to tear this thing down. The actual cost is $5 million. And this is why I'll never be rich because- Not only can I afford to like build something like this, you have to be able to afford to take it down if you had to. Five million dollars? To take down this house. But you Uh, have the Queen of Versailles is getting screwed where she's at. There, this is insane. Oh my gosh. It's insane. So Muhammad is it's like when Tom Girardi comes out of the woodwork during his whole fiasco saying, like, I'm broke. Yeah. Muhammad's basically doing the same thing. This is what his public statement said. My reputation is tarnished. My ability to go out and borrow other money is fractured at best. I am 72 years old and do not have the millions of dollars needed for the demolition of Strata Vecchia. Also, when you can name your house, I know I'd roll my eyes immediately. I may have quote paper assets, but there are substantial loans against everything I own. I have no liquidity with which to fund the demolition of 901 Strata, end quote. So Muhammad pleaded not guilty of the federal charges. He was ordered to do 200 hours of community service and pay $3,000 in fines, as well as many other hefty fees, as the LA Times reports. The property I had to check was sold at auction just this last December for $5 million. So I think somebody got a good deal because, I mean, he paid 1.9, they got it for five. They're probably going to build something to fit what the city said they can, and they'll probably do really well for it. Yeah. The developer bought it and agreed to have the house completely demolished and they will rebuild something entirely new. So it's a major investment. 
that property has to be just amazing because that's what $10 million right there just for the property, really. Just to get a blank slate to start. Yeah. Right. And there is actually drone footage in my research. I could drop it in if people are interested to see there's drone footage of the house also, by the way, that he started and didn't finish. Ugly. Yeah. So, <laughs> and seeing it in context of the neighborhood, it really is like he went and was like, how can I just come in here and upset the neighbors? Like, yeah. it just doesn't fit. It was such an eyesore. Huh. Huge waste of resources all the way around. Yeah. So that is a little word about Yolanda's first husband. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about her second. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my Factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get Factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, husband number 2. No legal or criminal issues that I was able to find, much to my chagrin cuz yeah. <laughs> I kind of want David Foster to go down. I'm not going to lie. I, I have know. thoughts about him. 
he, I think it's my least favorite house husband. I mean, that's bold. I'd have to really go down the list, but I don't care for him. What What do you think? No, he's awful. He, he seemed like he hated her the entire time. I currently think that Ralph on Real Housewives of Atlanta is the worst one. He is a very big time gaslighter. He is, um, he is the worst. And, uh, that's Drew's husband. And he's like a love bomber. Just it's, it's so much. So currently I think he is the worst. David Foster's top three for sure. Yeah. He's schmarmy. So gross. Yeah. I sent you a link. There's a couple quotes I want you to hear. Probably more people know me from reality TV and from being married a lot of times than from my actual music. Well, let's analyze. Because I was married to Linda, who was married to Bruce Jenner, who then married Chris Kardashian and had the Jenner kids and the Kardashian kids. And then I was married to Yolanda Hadid, who had Gigi and Bella. And I was married to Rebecca and BJ, where we had our own daughters. So it's very, very complicated. Yolanda, who has been fighting Lyme disease for the last three years. How could I leave a sick woman? The fact of the matter is, that is not the reason why I left. It was for a different reason, which I will never disclose. But it had nothing to do with her being sick. So spoiler alert, I won't disclose it either. I don't know. Like, I guess that's why. Dang it, Rebecca. I know. I (laughs) Trust me, if I could scoop that story, I would. He'll take that one to his grave, I guess. But like why does he have a Netflix documentary? I get that he has had a prolific career, but this feels entirely unnecessary. And he's just as egotistical as I imagined him to be, even when he's like, you know, when they're like clap, you know, to like mark the, the, like, he's just so full of himself. No. Yeah. Oh, he is. He's yeah. I'm going to put him in top two, at least. I don't know who number one is. I'm going to say, Ralph is number one right now, but okay. he'll be number two. He's, yeah, he's smarmy. Like I, w- this guy would never give me the time of day. Just like talking to you as a human, oh, just would if not. You speak don't to know you. someone or can do something for him. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he he does that. I did love the family tree of reality TV. Yeah. I mean, talk about like the six degrees of Kim Kardashian. Like he's right oh, yeah. there in it. But did you notice when they do that whole family tree? And then I married Yolanda, who had her three kids. Gigi and Bella, they pop Anwar's picture up. Don't even say his name. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's kind of the Rob Kardashian of he the He really Hades. is. And yeah. also Anwar. Yeah. The title of his memoir. <laughs> Don't forget Wait, Anwar. and that's what it's called? Wait, are you saying he has one or no? No, no. Just if oh, he did, his awesome. memoir would be an also Anwar. Please. Um. So the reason I want to talk about David is because his story and Yolanda's lying story really overlap and play out on her last season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And this is also the mystery I was alluding to. Oh, on season six, we learn that Yolanda is sick with Lyme disease, but not just Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease, which upon researching and which included listening to Celebrity Memoir Book Club, our favorite sure. Love it. podcast, they read her memoir. So we didn't have to. It started there. The seed was planted listening to that. Then I started doing some research. And according to Wikipedia and every source Wikipedia links in their resources in the footnotes, chronic Lyme disease or CLD, it's a name used by some people with quote, a broad array of illnesses or symptom complexes for which there is no reproducible or convincing scientific evidence of any relationship to the Borrelia Bergdorferia, not the store Bergdorf's, infection, which is what you have to have to have Lyme. 
It's used to describe this condition and their beliefs about the cause. It's controversial among medical professionals. Now, what I'm not here to do today is say she didn't have Lyme disease. I'm here to highlight the story that she said she did and that there was controversy on the season about it, right? We remember Lisa called her out and said, this is Munchausen, Munchausen. Mm -hmm. which is now what we call factitious disorder. Apparently we don't say Munchausen anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's such a fun word to say. It is. Munchausen by proxy sounds like a party. Like, (laughs) I want to be invited to that one. Factitious disorder, red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am not here to make a case. I'm here to kind of highlight the mystery part of it, which is like, does she or doesn't she? What's at play? What isn't? Um, I would never take that away or give that to somebody who, you know, it's just not my place to say, (laughs) surprise, I'm not a doctor. Um, and I know that suffering from Lyme disease is very, very real. Oh yeah. I also think there's immune diseases and lots of mysterious illnesses. It's kind of in the family of like fibromyalgia and other things that are hard to diagnose. And so chronic Lyme disease tends to get used when there's like an inability or difficulty really getting to a specific diagnosis. Also there is treatment for Lyme disease and Chronic Lyme disease refers to, according to the articles I read, a set of lingering systems which can persist after the successful treatment of infection with Lyme bacteria. So Lyme disease is something you can really test for and treat and be cleared of. But then if there are still issues, they might start using the words chronic Lyme. Now, if you watch the season, as I mentioned, Lisa Rinna brings up this possible Munchausen's, which we now call factitious disorder. So the definition is when a person exaggerates or mischaracterizes their symptoms for attention and sympathy, but are not in fact sick, where those affected feign or induced disease, illness, injury, abuse, or psychological trauma to draw attention, sympathy, or reassurances to themselves. That's from Refinery29. I also want to say that it's very clear to me that she is suffering. Like that is never um, up for debate. It's clear there was something like mental, physical, and emotional going on. And it's just the the mysterious part is like, what is it? So the people that support her are like, why would she travel the world and put herself through these aggressive, uncomfortable, expensive treatments if she didn't have to? And she's also become the face for research and charities and nonprofits who are trying to find a cure for Lyme disease. Right. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, her two children, Anwar and Bella, not to mention her mom and sister and best friend, also all have been diagnosed with Lyme disease. So how... You could maybe imagine a possibility where she's lying about herself, but for all these people in her world, which is also very strange to have it too, it's weird. Now, to confirm, Lyme disease is a tick-borne illness, I'm right? I'm glad you so said that. Yes. It's, it's not something you would get from your mom or anything no. like that. It You have to be bitten yourself by this tick. It's- with Lyme to get Lyme. hundred percent. It's a okay. tick-borne illness that you have to get through contact on your own skin. There's no transmitting it. It's not hereditary okay. and it's not passable. Okay. That's a great clarification. So I think my theory is somewhere that the truth might be somewhere in the middle, like it often is, and that there might be two things at play. As I told you, I do believe Yolanda was suffering. I think she had a weird combination of symptoms. I also think she had endless resources that have allowed her to go searching for something. And sometimes when you look hard enough to find problems, you, you, you find them. Right. There's something else at play though. In my research for this, I learned that there is a ton of fraud going on in the alternative medical space where they're Mm. like, yeah, sure. Chronic Lyme disease. It is a thing. 
here, get all the metal removed from your body here, do this experimental expensive treatment in Bali. And people with money can do that in hopes to feel better and also in hopes of feeling better and healing these symptoms. So there are people providing these services, very happy to take your money. So what if it's a both and what if she is sick, but people are also exacerbating it and feeding into it by suggesting more and more therapies, pills, treatments, surgeries, et cetera. Now, the other speculation, and it's rumor that can't be proven, is that while Yolanda did sign a prenup with David, as she said on um, Watch What Happens Live, Hollywood baby, because they asked her outright, did you Mm -hmm. sign a prenup with David? That was her response. When it came time to negotiate their settlement, David filed legal documents with the court asking the judge to reject any bid for spousal support with a one-time payment made in lieu of this. We will never know what that one-time payment was, but I've heard it is generous. And her quote was, I can't retire from it, dot, dot, dot. But I don't think Yolanda ever wants to retire ever. So there is no amount of money in the world that would make her retire. Right. So he files this legal document and she really didn't need the money because actually there's reports that she earned $100,000 a season. Just really hefty. Yes. And she also had Muhammad's support and all her real estate investments and her own money. So the arrangement with David was that there'd be this one-time payment. Now, I actually brought in our friends Cash and Lauren from Allegedly Bravo podcast to weigh in on this, and they sent me this message. When you do a marital settlement agreement in California, you can either agree to an amount per month or you can agree to terminate either party's right to spousal support and terminate the court's jurisdiction over support. You could always terminate both, but it would be pretty rare and exceptional to only terminate one. Also, you can't do this with child support. If you agree to terminate spousal support, it's generally because both people earn relatively the same or there's enough money in the quote community that both spouses can pay their expenses and don't need support. So if you ask a court to terminate support and the jurisdiction over support, there is no going back. You can't come back later and ask for support. There has to be an incredible circumstance like you don't have the mental capacity to weigh the consequences of terminating support. When I looked into the actual case law, it says There has to be a pre-existing case where court ruled that leaving a spouse who is brain damaged ruled that leaving someone in such a state would be considered unconscionable. As such, the spouse, even though she agreed in the prenuptial to forego spousal support, would then be entitled to it. Example of brain damage may or may not be including unable to read, write, or drive a car within the past three or four years of the marriage. Hmm. I'm going to play a clip. Since I was diagnosed with neurological Lyme disease in 2012, you know, it's been a journey. I look quite normal, but yet I'm so sick. Like, I have weakness in my legs, no brain function. I mean, I haven't driven a car in three years. You know, I've done stem cells, I've done ozone treatments, I've done holistic antibiotics. I've been to many different places where people are open to different treatments that are not accepted or approved by the FDA here in America. It's been like trying to uncover a murder mystery. Interesting. Right. Not being able to read, write, or drive are three very specific things that Yolanda mentions in this episode and also throughout her memoir and in public. Her symptoms started one year after she was married and they were married for four years. They end up splitting up. David files first he blindsides her she does not see it coming well that's because she was in the hyperbaric chamber or whatever she couldn't hear (laughs) and something interesting happens they get divorced and yolanda goes into remission she wrote a book 
as I mentioned, called Believe Me. That book came out in 2017. And the current status as of that book was that I'm doing really well and I'm in remission. And what I couldn't verify is if Bella and Anwar were in remission. So we're going to move into something that happened more recently with Yolanda that is not illness related, but I just want to close that gap up on that story and say she obviously has documentation and medical records that something has been wrong in her autoimmune system. I am really glad to hear she feels better and is doing well. Yolanda herself talks to Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live about the possibility that there were more factors in addition to the medical symptoms and, and things she was suffering from that there were maybe more things at play. And I think we've all seen that you can have a very physical reaction when you're in a emotionally unhealthy state and she leaves room for that possibility too. So I don't want to take away any of her experience or add on to it. I'm just presenting all of these factors that kind of do create a little bit of mystery around what really happened. Yeah. Do you think psychologically, that split wound up helping your health in a way? You know, the emotional and spiritual part of healing is 50% of the pie. So the answer is yes. Right. I think that, you know, I never understood that that was a, a big part of it. But, you know, now on the other side and looking back, yeah, I mean, when you're not in a relationship where you're in sync and you know, that could hold you back from healing. It's not the only reason, but it's 50% of the pie. Right, I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So we move a little closer to present day. So today's story started in Malibu, California, but it's going to end much closer to my neck of the woods in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just over the river from my hometown of Princeton, New Jersey. And this is where Yolanda had a new and very unfortunate reason for being in the press once again. When supermodel Gigi got her apartment in New York City, Yolanda also bought a beautiful property outside of the city where both her daughters, Bella and Gigi, also ended up buying homes on the same property. So Gigi now splits her time between her New York City apartment and this house on this farm in Pennsylvania. She lives in that farmhouse, or she did until the recent split, with Zane, her former boyfriend and father to her daughter, Kai. I love the name Kai, by the way. I I do, too. Cindy Crawford's daughter's name is Kai. It is I Kai. It. It's mm. so pretty. And for whatever reason, like Gigi, Zane, and Kai, it just like sounds right. Oh, it's yeah. like that's the name their kid had to be. Yeah. So in the fall of 2021, Gigi was in Paris for Fashion Week, leaving her infant daughter at home in the care of her dad, Zane Malik. And as I mentioned, all these homes are on one big, beautiful property. So they have their own living spaces, but they're kind of communal in that they're on the same sure. acreage. And what happened next is according to court documents, and charges, but like most conflicts, there are two sides to every story. Allegedly, Yolanda came to Zane and Gigi's home uninvited and unannounced to help with baby Kai. Apparently, this really bothered Zane, who just wanted time alone with his daughter. He also was annoyed because he kept unusual hours. He worked on his music at night, and he slept a lot during the day. So this was disruptive to have a person there during the day when he was trying to do his own thing. It isn't clear what exactly set him off beyond that, but the two did get into a fight, a pretty bad fight. Zane allegedly grabbed and shoved Yolanda into a dresser, which according to the court documents that she filed caused her mental anguish and physical pain. And there are also charges that he was verbally abusive, calling her terrible things that I won't repeat on the podcast in very crass terms that people can Google what happened and see the direct quotes. 
and in no uncertain terms said to stay away from him and his daughter. Zane brings Gigi into it by calling her during the fight, telling her, you need to grow a pair and help defend me against your mother. And so there was even charges that he even got charged with abuse against Gigi for bringing her in on the fight. Mm -hmm. I think the tone must have just been incredibly upsetting and traumatic. TMZ was the first to report the story and Zane said the fight did happen, but vehemently denies striking and pushing Yolanda. There were four criminal offenses of harassment to which he pled no contest. He was given anger management course required and a fine and 360 days probation. There was another witness and it was the security guard. Zane's quote is, I adamantly deny striking Yolanda Hadid and for the sake of my daughter, I decline to give any further details and I hope that Yolanda will reconsider her false allegations and move towards healing these family issues in private. I had agreed not to contest claims arising from an argument I had with a family member of my partner's despite my efforts to restore us to a peaceful family environment that will allow me to co-parent my daughter in a manner which she deserves. This has now been leaked to the press. And the leaked is in quotes, and he's definitely implying that she leaked it to the press. Right. So there isn't a word as to whether or not that is true. She has not given a public statement. Gigi has not given a public statement, except that she's focused solely on her daughter healing, and it's a private matter. So it's just really sad. And whether one of them, the fight happened, and I think it's actually a very universal struggle. Like, yeah a potentially overbearing mother-in-law, which I could completely see Yolanda being would never justify or warrant violence, not even, um, verbal assault. It just wouldn't. Yeah. But I could see her not really respecting boundaries. boundaries. Yes. mm -hmm. So it just sounds really hard for all of them. Yeah. So regardless of what happened, I'm sure more is going to play out in court. I mean, yeah. It's, I guess, technically over. Um, and then the breakup between Gigi and Zane happened. And some say it happened right before that. Some say it happened right after. Hard to know. But it just sounds very uncomfortable. And totally. I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what happened. Although I could kind of see Yolanda speaking out about it in time. Cryptically. Uh, yeah. Cryptically through like a veiled message. Um, but that's some of the story of Yolanda Hadid, who now does officially go by Hadid again, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm just glad this story wasn't about David Foster because he really is a piece of crap. And I'd rather not hear about his marriage to (sighs) Catherine McPhee, who also has always irritated me, whether that's right or wrong. Same. And I don't know why. I very specifically remember whenever American Idol was in its heyday and everyone watched her like walking up and kicking her shoes off and her being barefoot singing and why that bothered me on such a spiritual level i've never gotten over Keep your shoes on there's just no need it would only be worse if she put flip-flops on yeah absolutely oh my husband bought new flip-flops by the way and they're extra flippy and it's just making me so mad like i yearn for the days of the old ones and these are like yeah it's bad okay well father's day is coming up maybe we need to have an intervention with some slides yeah i'll just send them anonymously your house. Yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> I, i'll i'm gonna look into it and then just lose the other ones whoops oops where'd they go i know so i don't know i find yolanda to be a super fascinating person and 
I liked and enjoyed her on yeah, Real too. Housewives. I also rewatched her seasons and you know, she brought Erica on. I totally forgot. Yeah. That. And, and I don't remember why I know that, but it's something with Erica recently. Um, yeah. And Yolanda, they met through their husbands, like David Foster and Tom mm-hmm. Girardi, like met somewhere, which kind of makes sense. Like hobnobbing at that sure. level. And they were friends and Erica was like very much by her side during a lot of these treatments yeah. in the beginning when she got her um, implants removed. I mean, we saw all of that happen. That was pretty gnarly, by the way. Yeah. I forgot to mention one of the things she had done, she became obsessed with tracking her bowel movements during Lyme disease. Yeah. And she would do these like super intense colonics. Yeah. And you've probably heard this, that she- I think on Celebrity Memoir, but I blocked it out, so go ahead. She talked about her, the parasites that were found coming with what came out of her. Yeah, yeah. And in her book, and I looked it up, I will not include this anywhere on social media, but if you want to go Google like color images from Yolanda Hadid's (gasps) books, you'll see in a jar, a two foot long, I don't know what it is, but she says it's a parasite, like a worm, like- a being like, like a parasite. Many people say that what comes out in colonics are actually is just mucus and tissue and blobs uh-huh. of like shedding of linings and isn't a living. I'm your face. I am so sorry to do this to you. It's is, but it's fascinating because Yolanda gets really like she she can't stop like she has like a factory and a lab set up in her home and it's just jars and jars. Of her colonic excrements. <laughs> I can't. So I will say I had have had endometriosis like my whole adult life, but I wasn't diagnosed until I was like 20, 25, 20, 26, something like that. I'd had a lung collapse because I had it on oh my, my lungs. I could not find a doctor to believe me. And so it was absolutely maddening to go from doctor to doctor and just be like, I think this is it. And then be like, no, do you know how rare it is to have that? I mean, it was years of that until finally I have this terrible lung surgery where they have to like scrape and collapse my lung. Oh my gosh. Awful. But literally my husband said the first thing I said when I came out of surgery was, did they find it? Because it was such a, it was maddening to not have people believe you. And I'm not saying this about the Lyme disease, but I understand her when you're like I will try anything I would yes. try absolutely anything so if it was Lyme disease and then other things that I think kind of like you become so um obsessed yes. with like everything is connected so like I would get um like neck pain and, and I would convince myself I had it in my neck or you know I, sure because they can't really and, and I can't imagine having her resources what I would have done so that makes it a whole different thing whenever you're like, oh, well, I can just try these things. I didn't have those options, so I didn't do it, you know, but I would have. <laughs> and it's really, really scary and really important to hear your story because, yeah, I think a lot of people have had medical things and you know in your gut something's wrong and you have yeah. to like just keep being your own advocate until you find a medical professional who is a, you know, upstanding person and not a yeah. fraud to believe you and, and hopefully get treatment and, and resolve things. I think that does happen. I think you're exactly right about the resources thing though. And that this let her go on this 
endless quest. Absolutely. Because you're never, I don't think anyone ever feels 100% all the time. No. So if you've got this thing that's unexplained and they can't really, once I had it in my lung, it was like, it can be anywhere. I mean, it can be in your brain. It can be in your nose. It can yeah. be anywhere. So anything that would bother me, I like for a long time, I would, I would have a hard time like just being like, okay, well, let's follow it for a few more days. And then thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go through the doctors and sure. you know, this whole thing again. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whenever you were talking about that, that kind of reminded me of that time. I think it really can turn into a whole, a whole another worm or parasite um because you just are on this search and it's such a freak thing and yeah so anyway yeah sometimes I'm like maybe you were just really tired or like needed a break like she like did operate at an 11 all the time like she Mm -hmm. was and she had a lot of help but like she really wanted to be the perfect mom and she had three kids and we both know what running in like different directions for different kids things means I don't know like she probably did like live at a very high octane kind of place all the time I also think when I look at someone like Yolanda's house which is perfect and I want it and I covet it I'm like it is so good I don't have endless resources because I would become a monster very very quickly like I would fly to my kid's apartment with the art that I had curated and designed (laughs) by whoever and I would hang it on their walls and like I do my own like you know bootleg version of that now but like with endless resources, you'd hate me. Everyone God has would. to keep us humble. It Absolutely. Would just be truly horrific. Honestly. <laughs> just buy the Bomba socks. So basically, and we'll be happy. <laughs> basically, Yolanda's a saint is whatever what I've learned from this because if we were her, we would be even we would be awful. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. Oh, all things yeah. considered, she's saint. a freaking halo, halo shining. So <laughs> thanks for going on that interesting journey. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to join you. That was awesome. All right. Well, you're up next. So do you have news oh, for me gosh. to not guess? Okay. <laughs> okay. I okay. I'm just not gonna give you any anything. Just give it to me. Yeah. I'm just gonna give them to you. Okay, ready? Clear. First one is MTV. Okay. Second one is Delaware. The third one is Javi. Hmm. MTV, what? Delaware. And Javi. I have Ozark on the brain and Javi is part of the cartel. He is. No, it's not him. Mm-mm. No. I mean, I'm, I, you know, my mind's going to like real world road rules kind of place. Um, That's on Paramount Plus. So. Well, nope. back in the day it wasn't. I know, but I'm trying to give you an extra clue to oh, let you know what's currently on. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have yeah. like an island show. Uh-huh. You know, I'm all about that. I like, know. I'm never going to okay. be able to give up Paramount Plus now. Okay, so it's probably one of these new island shows. Okay, well, I'll keep thinking, and I look forward to that story. Yeah, it's not an island show, if you're guessing that. It's not. Okay. Old school, not old school. It's hmm, 2009-ish is when the genesis of this show was. Okay. That's all I'm going to give you. Okay. But I think it'll be good. I hope it'll be good. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, that's fun and something to look forward to. Uh, What else? Um, do you want to talk about what you've been watching? <gasps> I've watched, I've watched the whole internet and all of all. TV. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work for a week and wow. Yeah. So I don't think we've talked about this. So I'll give you this one. Okay. There's a lot of options because I watched a lot. HBO. Okay. Owl. Ooh. Drama. Okay. The Staircase. Yes. I haven't started it yet. Do you like it? 
I don't feel like we need to keep dramatizing um, true crime docs, but if we're uh-huh. gonna, this is how you do it. Yeah. I think it is great. It's Colin Firth and Tony Collette yes. and surprise Parker Posey. I, somebody I heard recapping this or like talking a little about it and they mentioned Parker Posey and I was like, hang on, did not see that in the previews. Hold did the miss phone. It? She's the prosecutor, a very <sighs> unlikable character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's so fantastic. It's really good. I've, there's only three out right now. Unfortunately, I couldn't just tear through it. But um, I also had a really fun David Rudolph moment at CrimeCon. Yeah. So this felt just like a very full circle, fun thing to watch. Um, highly recommend if up for a dramatized version. I would definitely watch the Netflix doc before, although you could get into it. But this is, it's going to have a point of view and a bias. And I think, well, so does sure. the doc, but yeah. good to know the story a little bit. But um, very curious how it's all going to shake out, how they're going to like, what they're going to leave you feeling. Right. Because yeah. I have my own thoughts about that case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Can I hear did it? it. Yeah. I think Michael Peterson did it. Yeah. I do. I'm sorry. I think the owl did it. And you do? I, yeah, I, 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 I honestly you do? do. I really do. I know. I know. I'm no, not no, no. It's myself. not crazy. David Rudolph and his wife, Sonia Favre are two of the smartest people I know. And they make a very compelling case for the owl. And I would do whatever David Rubidoff said. So if he oh. says it's the owl, I think it's the owl. It takes this much for me to change positions. All you have to do me is too. say, Melissa, no, the That's owl like me is with dumb. And John Bonet Ramsey case. I'm the same way. I can go back yeah. and forth. I uh, like yeah, that. I... I like that you're committed to that. Look, they are gnarly creatures who can look cute or like absolute psychopaths. So have you seen just their legs? It's terrifying. They're, they're talons. They, they're I mean, they will mess you up. Yeah. No, I, I know that they can like do some damage. I just, you know what it is? And this is just, this is not factual, but like Michael Peterson is a David Foster to me, the smugness, you can feel it across the camera. And I think he's the kind of person who thinks he's the smartest person in a room and Mm -hmm. that he was going to get away with this. And he did ish. I'm with you. So I don't know. It can be a both. It can be a both. It can be a smarmy person and an owl (laughs) still is doing it. Yeah. He did have to go to jail. A little bit of karma there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't want anyone in jail if they didn't do it, even if they're a smug jerk. Like, oh yeah, to be I guess clear. I should probably not. <laughs> to be clear, like, Hold on. really not into wrongful Thank you for bringing that up. Me either. I don't know why I was so quick to be like, incarcerate jerk. that he jerk. Deserves. Yeah. <laughs> Prison for you. Roll the book at him. <laughs> no, my bad. I don't mean that. But I don't mean that. But. <laughs> However, if there were a guy. If there were. No. Okay. Let's move on. Um, yeah. yeah I want to check it out. I haven't started it. It's, it's good. Okay. It's really good. Here's mine. Hulu, Mormon, Andrew Garfield. Oh, I know this. Hold I believe on. in you. Hold on. I've got, this is going to take longer than usual. It's okay. Because of my COVID. I'll edit. I'll edit. Um, everyone was just saying how much they liked Andrew Garfield. Is it moon something? So not over, but. Under. The. Moonlight. Banner. Oh, under the banner of heaven? Yeah, under the banner of heaven. There's no moon in it? Moons need not apply. No moons have been harmed in the so making you of were, this story. Okay, so I was wrong is what we're saying. No, no, no. <laughs> heaven has moons. No, no. I was thinking of the thing with Ethan Hawke. Oh, crap. Okay, sorry. You didn't get this one. Because he's in something with a moon in it right now. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. what I thought it was. And I thought Andrew Garfield was that too. All right. I'm going to give you some information on this. So Detective Pyre 
investigates the murder of Brenda Wright Lafferty and her baby daughter, which Ooh. is awful. He uncovers buried truths about the origin of the LDS religion and the violent Ooh. consequences of unyielding faith. So Andrew Garfield is this detective. He's interviewing this guy who's kind of left the Mormon faith, but he's also – his family was very deep into it. His wife is killed. His daughter's killed. We don't have to, like – you don't really get into that part, but um, so he's saying it has basically something to do with maybe leaders of the faith. But then they go back to the history of Mormonism. It's really fascinating. Don't know how much of it is true. I should look more into that. Here is my big takeaway. I am attracted to Andrew Garfield. I don't know when that happened. So I, I know I got it wrong, but people are texting me about this show. So I also feel like I did, I did know it when you said, yeah. um, but like under the banner of heaven, a lot of people are, Oh, the Spider-Man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's Spider-Man. But I, um, but like Andrew Garfield, Spider- Spider-Man, not interested. Andrew no. Garfield playing a Mormon investigator. Is he hot? TVD. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm excited to watch and weigh in. Yeah, um, I'm so also it does like go- it sounds like a show I'm I'm definitely gonna like, but now I have like a really vested interest. Yeah, but it goes like back oh, and oh, forth I, to like I can see when um, Joseph Smith uh, starts the Mormon wow. religion and all that. So it's kind of not like flashbacks, but they'll talk about some things and go back to it, and so it's it's pretty interesting. I think it takes place in I would say like I think the 80s. Not I would say, but I know I saw a picture of Ronald Reagan on the wall, so I think it was um, in the 80s. <laughs> That's how I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, but no, it looks really good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not like super fast moving or anything. It's there's a lot of dialogue, but I'm enjoying it. Looks great, and I'm seeing images from it, and I get it. I think he looks more attractive here than Spider Man for He's sure. He's like a dad, and yeah, yeah. He's got good <laughs> hair in it. <laughs> he has great hair. It's a yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was the big takeaway for me. Like, am I attracted to him? I guess so. Who knows. <laughs> Gotta keep my husband off this end of the episode as well. Anything is possible. Oh, just ban it from their ears altogether. Well, he runs the initial audio. So as long as I don't say anything in the beginning (laughs) or the end, I'm typically okay. But if I do, we need to add 10 minutes of conversation on right now. It's just going to be silence. Because he'll randomly be like, What were you saying about? I'm like, How did you hear that? That was in the middle. And I know he doesn't listen, it's accidental. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a good one. I'll add it to my uh, ever-growing list. And um, as always, great to be back. Great to <laughs> great be with to you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun. We should do it again next week. So episode this week when you're listening to this. And next week, one week, only one week, we'll have the new episode. And then we'll go back to every two weeks. I forgot we were doing that. That's nice of us. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I know because you're up. <laughs> I got extra time. You got less time. Yeah. So sorry about that. No, it's all right. I could no, have been responsible and started several days ago. I didn't. Thanks everybody for listening. And um, we are just, oh, thanks for the new reviews. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so nice. nice. Really big boost when you're sick in bed to read some of these reviews. So thank you very much. And if you haven't left one and you want to, feel free. We can speak nicely about you as well. Yeah, we always will. Never a bad word. We save that for smug husbands. <laughs> uh we'll be back yes next week with another new episode melissa's story and in the meantime follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at criminality show catch melissa on tuesdays with moms and murder and you can catch rebecca for more dialogue on dialogue her show that airs every wednesday 
Correct. I sounded very aggressive there, but you should Wednesday listen. aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.